Don't be ashamed if you get confused when you talk to your friends or you watch the news. They try to tell you where it all went wrong. Now you don't need to argue, just sing this song. It was rich people stacking the deck, rich people with big fat checks, rich people to having a ball, rich people been us all. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Yeet the Rich. Woohoo! I am Emily Walsh, and I am here with my co-host and husband, Danny Moss. That's me. That is him, and we are here for the stunning conclusion of the four-episode arc. Are you ready? Elizabeth Holmes, baby! <laughs> we are doing it. She is still girl-bossing, and we got to get into it. Well, I'm very excited to hear how this all concludes. I do feel like this is like the exciting conclusion of this miniseries <laughs> is today. And now our dog is trying to squeak a toy at us and he he might have just bought himself an hour locked away in our bedroom because he doesn't seem to want to not squeak his tiny turtle toy. He was so chill before we started He too. literally was an angel. He was and just a sweet, like, sweet angel. <laughs> what if we throw this toy Oh, buddy. We'll give him one more second. Sometimes he gets tired. Yeah. So that's just a little look into our lives. That's right. Um, but yeah, so we we are going to get into the court stuff today and Ooh. the aftermath. Justice. And, and finally, just give all our remaining thoughts on this okay. psychopath. And the uh, environment that created the psychopath, I would assume. Yes. 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 So the sources today are still John Carreyrou's book, Bad Blood. Mm-hmm. But he also has a podcast that if you guys want to listen to that, it's called Bad Blood, The Final Chapter. Right. And he actually covers the court case and he gets into a lot of stuff that was not discussed in the book because it had not been released yet. Like he was able to get a bunch of text messages because of court disclosure. So he like got all this information because of the way the trials work and then he covered the trial. So if you want to hear more, even more detail about the trial, if you cannot get enough Elizabeth Holmes content, I would (laughs) recommend that podcast. The one thing I will say is by episode like two or three, he hires actors to read the texts between Sonny and Elizabeth. And that's my favorite part because Sonny, Sonny's actor basically sounds like Sonny. The woman who is playing Elizabeth is, she's trying to have that deep, affectation uh-huh. she just sounds like she has a really bad cold like she just sounds so congested she's like i can't even do it it's so i i honestly it took me out of it for a second how comical she is but other than that it's a very well produced yeah podcast if you like your podcasts uh performed by a journalist with a lot of beautiful sound mixing and little song interludes and a lot of fancy ads then you guys should check out that other podcast yeah but hopefully you like a podcast that doesn't have any of those things because you're here because uh, yeah. here you are yeah here. yeah but so today's sources were were mostly the book and the podcast and then several articles including what i'll mention at the end uh in the new york times so yeah let's get into it last week we discussed the fact that she was going to trial and that is where we ended off so she was indicted june 14th 2008 of two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and nine counts of wire fraud so she posted five hundred thousand dollar bail or bond and she surrendered 
but she was able to stay out of prison during this process before the trial started. I feel like once again, we should probably highlight the fact that none of these charges have anything to do with the fact that they falsified medical documents for people who were like trying to live their lives, made some people think they had cancer. Well, so there are a couple, um, but they don't really end up being anything. Got it. So she, and it's just that it's fraud. It's not Mm -hmm. really the the toll of that. It's just that they got like fraudulent documents, basically. Mm -hmm. When they first started getting Getting these indictments, the possible jail time was 20 years with a fine of 2.75 million, just fines, not restitution, uh-huh. and then potential restitution to all of these investors that they've defrauded. Got it. So a big toll, lots of consequences. Yep. And the company dissolved in 2018 in September, and a loan company took all the assets to try to start repaying people, but there was about a billion dollars lost in people's investments across the board. The DeVos family lost about $100 million. Rupert Murdoch lost $121 million. And the Walton heirs, two of the Waltons, lost $150 million total. And all told, about a billion dollars was lost in investments from other people. So there's a lot of money being lost um, by very fancy people that I honestly... I'm not super worried about. Um, But the trial started August 31st, 2021. So at this point, the company dissolved three years before. They got in the most trouble like five years before. So she has been out of jail. They both have been, her and Sonny have both been just living their lives for a while. And, you know, it got delayed because of COVID. It got delayed because of pregnancy. Because at this point, she meets a guy named Billy Evans, who is now her husband, but he was eight years younger. Younger than her, and he is part of a very wealthy hotel family. Okay. And they're just living their life as if this was never going to happen, <laughs> which is really, really insane to me. Like within a year of the company breaking up, they go to Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is such a funny. <laughs> Such a funny encapsulation of this whole thing because Burning Man is for the wealthy. Like it yeah. was supposed to be this artsy thing. Yeah, that like th- no money was exchanged. It was all barter system. It was supposed to be this like utopia weird utopia in the desert. Yeah. yeah, and now it's become commercialized like anything else. But I was I I did look it up before this because a lot of people say that the average cost people spend now to go to Burning Man is like tens of thousands of dollars, you know, maybe a hundred thousand dollars because of the rig they bring and the Uh you know, they've got private chefs and they've got RVs and they've got all this stuff. And the tickets just to get in are hundreds of dollars a day. And I just looked it up on like the cheapest you could do Burning Man. And somebody did it last year and they broke down like this is how much I paid to take my own trash out. This is how much I paid for the generator in my car that I borrowed. Like they did it on the cheap and they spent about three thousand dollars so it's not no matter what it's expensive to do this this silly thing in the desert but so she meets billy evans and he is from a very wealthy hotel family and for a while they did not get married they got engaged after burning man and they now have two children and are married but for the longest time they didn't actually get married and a lot of people stipulated or speculated that it was probably because she didn't want her assets to like become or his assets to become something uh, that she could be yeah yeah, responsible for but so they go to burning man she burns an effigy of theranos at the (laughs) festival did she bring the glue bot yeah i would love that and she 
Uh, she still talks about it now. She talks about it in an article recently as this like thing where she let go and she was like, and you know, Theranos was my child, but then I let it go and then I was free. And that's insane on so many levels because yeah. first of all, if you have a child, you don't leave them in the desert. No, um, you do not light them on fire. No. I mean, we don't have a child, but I'm assuming that's, I've, uh, that's a no-no. I've heard that's a bad thing yeah. to do. And she, she just like she's looking at this whole thing like yeah that was the summer i went to camp and i had to move on from my camp friends because once you go to college you have to leave camp behind like she's just talking about it so insanely and so selfishly that it is her own singular experience and she has completely left out any thought of anyone the investors the people that she stole from the people that she lied to her employees like at one point she was employing eight hundred people that's not nothing and i know that a lot of them like bounce around from tech job to tech job but some of those people were the janitors some of those people were the secretaries some of those people needed those salaries more than others and 800 people she does not give a shit about like she's just like oops and she's still (laughs) she's i'm not talking about the article at the end of the episode she did this new york times article like a month ago is this the one where it was just like liz is rebranding herself yeah she wants you to forget elizabeth and think of liz and it's like first of all why did we let her have an interview but secondly (laughs) she is just really still on this personal journey of processing all of this but it is not a personal journey it is a medical company that failed no that's that's totally fair and i totally understand it i i just i feel like all of these cases and all of these things that we've been researching for a while dealing with the justice portion of it is always kind of leaves a bitter taste in my mouth because it's never it's never centered around the people that were harmed by the defrauding you know it's it's centered around the like the money lost which i guess i understand to some extent but it's just like it just feels like in this justice system that we talk about it's like people do something wrong and they they have to get you you know, penalized for it, I guess. But why is it never uh, the moms and the school teachers and the like, the people that get get harmed that we care about? It's just real bummer. Exactly, exactly. So the trial starts August thirty first, two thousand twenty one. It had been delayed by COVID and her first pregnancy. And at this point, she was a stay at home mother. She was ma- she was with boyfriend Billy Evans. They're now married, and they still live right before she went to jail in a nine room estate they were renting on the grounds of like a 120 acre estate. So they they are not living in any sort of way where she has been, you know, prosecuted. And uh, yeah, once the trial started, a lot of media was following it very heavily. A lot of people said that she had her first baby for sympathy. Mm -hmm. And I will say she did have her second baby right around the time she was being sentenced. (laughs) I personally would not put it past her, but I honestly, and this is just personal commentary at this point, I think she had her kids when she did because she still delusionally thought she was not going to be punished. Yeah. And she's in her late 30s, so she's just like, I have to, if I'm going to have kids naturally, I got to have them. But I really, really feel like she had that first kid being like, well, they're never going to put me in jail. So, oh no, I have to breastfeed a trial that'll give me more sympathy. Like, I don't think she's a diabolical enough enough person to be like i'm gonna make a child simply to get out of going right, to jail but she may be deluded enough to be like oh 
surely yes. there will there will be no consequences. That's more what I personally think, but again, we're not we're not there. We don't know. And then it was found out before the trial began that she was planning to accuse Sonny of psychological, emotional, and sexual abuse. And so those allegations led to them having separate court cases. Uh. Because a lot of times when people are being accused of the same crime, they're tried together. But if there's ever going to be anything where they throw the other person under the bus, they usually divide those trials. So the judge decided that they were going to be tried separately and Elizabeth's trial was going to be first. So she had defense lawyer Kevin Downey and he had a team of nine lawyers. It was all the best defense that money could buy. And Billy's father, uh, Billy, her boyfriend's father, he called himself Henson and tried to infiltrate the press, was like hanging around the press team to be like, oh, yeah, I don't think she did it. What do you guys think? think, (laughs) Just like in my mind, wearing like a baseball cap and a fake mustache being like, what do you think? I think she's pretty cool. (laughs) And the defense actually put the author of the book Bad Blood on the witness list at first oh, wow. so that he could not watch the rest of the trial. Uh, that was a tactical move because if you are going to be called as a witness, you're not supposed to be infl- influenced, influenced by, by the rest of it. Got it. Eventually, he was able to fight that and get in, but he did miss the first couple weeks because he was on this list. But once the trial really got going, he was like, I am clearly not a witness for right. the for the defense. Like the defense uh-huh. is not going to use me. I never said anything helpful to them. Right. So yeah, but this this is they're being very strategic in this trial. So what I feel is what really got her convicted, and a lot of people feel this as well. I'm not coming up with this, but basically the most damning evidence that there was against Elizabeth is three different reports from different drug makers where she clearly doctored the document. Uh-huh. So with Pfizer, she added the Pfizer logo. With two other drug makers, she added the logo and deleted some of what the drug maker said. So it's their report reporting on these machines and she doctored the paperwork. And at first she was saying that she was doing that because she wanted to show that they worked together and just be like, well, I put their logo on there because they were, you know, part of this. So why wouldn't I put the logo on? But that's insane. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> You're not, not allowed to just throw someone else's logo on your documents. No. So that's like the big, big thing. But, you know, throughout this trial, it's made clear that they, you know, were making new claims of the ability of the drugs or the ability of the machines in 2013 when they couldn't make their payroll. Like they very clearly were not. Oh, got it. So they, they would lie uh, to investors to get the investment pushed through so that they could actually pay their employees. Yeah, there's a very clear timeline on when they were like demanding more money and when they needed to get some more cash the patients that were affected were witnesses in the trial but unfortunately they were not super helpful and it's not them the i'm not trying to say they didn't do their job but partially it wasn't enough for the trial because they didn't have direct contact with elizabeth and she wasn't directly doing their tests so it wasn't like elizabeth drew their blood and then said yeah i don't think you have this you know yada yada it to like yes. company neg- like employee negligence or something. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, 
unfortunately, they had this stipulation because the defense was worried that the emotional testimony of somebody who, for instance, thought they were having a miscarriage but didn't, thought they had HIV but didn't, they thought that their emotions would lead, which is probably true. So they were allowed to be on the stand, but they were only allowed to answer like, not yes or no, but very truth, fact, short answers, and they were not allowed to talk about the emotional impact of any of it. So it was just factually like, when did you get your test? Yeah. Okay. And they weren't- Was it a venous draw or was it a finger prick? And they weren't allowed to talk about the cost to them afterwards, which I found weird. Like they weren't allowed to be like, I I got three MRIs that cost me three grand because Uh you told me I thought maybe I'd have a stroke. So I found that to be ridiculous. But originally in the introduction, the defense was saying that Elizabeth was naive, that she made mistakes, but that mistakes were not illegal, which is not true. That is not how anything (laughs) works. They brought up her baby a lot. Like whether or not she had a baby to help her, they definitely were like, well, we have this baby. Now that there's a baby here. Fit the baby in somewhere. And one thing that they said a lot, which I don't really know how this fits in, but they really endorsed the fact that she never sold her shares of the company. Okay. Like they were like she she must have thought it was correct because uh-huh. she never sold her shares, which I don't really think is a direct correlation to her thinking it was successful. I right. just think she thought she was smarter than people. Yeah, and it's also kind of ties to the like she is deluded to thinking that like there's no way she could fail. Yes, because they they found a lot of her personal notes as well in all of these discoveries. And on the podcast I was talking about with John Carreyrou, he mentions a note that she scribbled that was something along the lines of like, very smart people caught Mado, but they won't catch you. And there's a lot of stipulation about whether or not that's Bernie Madoff because she had compared herself to him in previous times. And he was like a very famous fraudster. And she acted a lot like him in a lot of ways i personally think that's what she was talking about she had a lot of weird abbreviations in all of her notes yeah and the fact that she vehemently denied that and then anytime they brought up that quote her counsel said to plead the fifth and she just kept being like i gotta plead the fifth and she i'm just she, you know responding to what my counsel says you know yeah she i would tell you the fifth in a really annoying way she was yeah, like yeah. only because my counsel said it <laughs> and it's like shut up yeah i mean a lot of the other uh like companies that we've looked at when they were sinking ships like the Enron people were just like sneakily selling off all of their stock so there is something to be said for like you know knowledgeable guilt when they are selling it off but I don't think it goes uh, the other way yeah I don't think it goes the other way I don't think just because she didn't sell it off meant that she was you know fully invested like thought that it wasn't fraud yeah so. plus you know throughout the trial they revealed that she told Walgreens Safeway and the other investors that the company was profitable but over the few years that the company existed they had losses of 253 million dollars <laughs> in 2014 they projected that their profits would be a hundred and forty million and they earned a hundred Hundred and fifty thousand, <laughs> and that was like the only year they ever had profits. Got it. Well, they never said whether the profits were positive or negative, Emily. That's tr- negative profits. Is that a thing? I don't know. It could be. We're not in business. <laughs> <laughs> it was also revealed during the trial that they had spent a hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to follow Erica Chung and Tyler Schultz. So it like oh right when they were when they were being surveilled, yeah, yeah. which a confirmed that they were truly being surveilled, yeah. and b confirmed that those people are insane because that's so much money. Yeah. To follow two 25-year-olds around who were like, hey, I think tests should be good. Yeah, like, I, I really <laughs> wish that these were actually accurate, but they're not, so... 
They called Erica to the stand, for some reason not Tyler, the prosecution, and Erica withstood three days of very intense questioning and never faltered and never changed any of her answers. It was just a really fantastic witness. Good for you, Erica. Yes. So we talked a little bit about the texts that they found. These texts between Sonny and Elizabeth that are now all online. You can go read them in a really kooky Excel document if you're (laughs) interested. The texts did a lot because first they kind of showed that Elizabeth was probably not being particularly manipulated because what they were trying to do was go with a Svengali defense. So the concept of that is that a person is being heavily manipulated by someone else and wouldn't have done things without that person's influence. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of the basis of their defense. And they don't say that out loud, but they're trying to really show that she was manipulated by him and wouldn't have made these choices without him. But there's a lot of indicators that said that maybe she would have done all these things like the texts also show that she knew that the lab was a quote disaster zone Mm. she knew that they were you know considering manipulating data for investors at one point the investors were going to um they knew that people were going to get blood tests at a theranos location in their consideration to invest and there were documents that were shown emails and texts showing the fact that she was willing to make sure no matter what that they only had a finger stick test so they would change the receipt of what they ordered so that they would only have ordered tests that they could do on a finger stick Uh so like there's very blatant manipulation where whether or not she thinks she's like committing a crime she is very openly yeah misleading misleading investors they're they're people and i i feel like sunny uh you know i think the company was shaped differently because he was there because he was a nutball and he like really like was a bull in a china shop in terms of like firing people and hiring people but it really feels like elizabeth kind of had her own mind on like what the company was meant to do you know it like all of the manipulation and stuff like that feels feels like a her thing yes 100 percent, 100 percent. he and was just he, like a, a active force of chaos throughout the middle in the middle of all this and he's not a good person and we don't like him at all but he he would send her texts that are like hey um i'm a little worried like we we shouldn't have so much like once she was like like going gung-ho in the press he was like maybe we shouldn't be in the press so much with quote not much substance like he, uh, he was like we're you can tell by reading these texts that he's worried that they're like toting this image that they cannot back up uh-huh. so like regardless of his management styles or whether or not he was a nice person he at least was like hey um yeah this is bad yeah you're, you're sticking our neck further this and further bad. out also within these texts, there's like several thousand texts. Liz and Sonny use the word love 594 times. Oh. Sonny told her about problems in several of the labs on several occasions. And it was also discovered that Liz had had another relationship briefly while she was dating Sonny, ah. which kind of undermines the whole like she was being very manipulated right. and stuck by him. Yeah, and yeah. Her defense in that was saying that he told her when to get up and when to eat and what to eat and all of that is could be construed as controlling abuse but i do think in this case he was a very intense man and she thought he knew what he was talking about so she took his advice Uh and it was intense aggressive advice but i think 
she is a little culpable. I mean, it's all gray area, but like, and this defense of her being young, she was young when this company started, but she was 26 when she was lying to investors and she was 29 when they started lying to patients. Right. So she's not 19 when she's like covering up these blood tests. Sure. So anyway, they bring Mattis on the stand and he has to tell everyone that no, they were never used in the military. And no, he did not know about the Siemens machines. And Mattis was used as an example to show, because he was on the board, that no one on the board knew that they were actually doing their testing on doctored Siemens machines right? and not their proprietary machines. So they brought Steve Bird from Safeway to the stand. And he said that Liz was definitely the boss, that Balwani was not, that he was just just kind of there and he was an intense man Mm -hmm. and he also testified that Safeway also knew nothing about these Siemens machines that Walgreens didn't know anything about them and etc etc so it's just kind of reiterating the fact that no one knew what was going on so the other thing that we got in this trial was an explanation of exactly what they were doing when they were faking the test for investors. Oh, right. There was a program on the machines called Null Protocol. So that was how they did the fake demos. So that would come up and they would void the results and then put in the real results that they tested outside of the machine. I see. So remember, the investor would come in, yep. they would put null like, protocol. Oh, Wi-Fi problems or something. Yeah, so that it would slow down the machine. They would take the people somewhere else, and then they would test the blood. So they were testing the blood. They weren't making up the results, but they yeah, were yeah. doing it on these doctor machines and then pretending that the box did it. Got it. So the fact that you have a name for what you're doing means that you're aware of yeah, what you're yeah. doing. This is a company policy, not not just a like one rogue person being like, oh, we got to make this work right now yes they also uncovered the fact that the second to last lab director of theranos spent no more than 10 hours in the lab ever and didn't know that they were changing test results and the last lab director never entered the lab and this is the lab director is the one that has to have that fancy document that says that like the liability document right yes so the last lab director was a real person who could have actually been the lab director but they never entered the lab and then they voided all the results because they were like this lab is bad (laughs) so they kind of didn't help or hurt at all they just were like no no these are not real. So Pfizer testified as well, saying that the logo was fraudulent on these documents. One of the investors, Brian Tolbert, came to the stand. He had lost over $5 million, and he had tape of Liz making misleading claims, so that did not help her case because mm-hmm. it was actually there. One of the DeVos people testified that they had gotten this doctored Pfizer report, that they had been told it was a $140 million projection, that they had been told they were only using Theranos devices and so many many investors just lined up to testify about the false data they had received and there was tape of her lying directly about the lab and saying that they were effectively only using the edisons over the course of the trial three of the jurors were dismissed and replaced one of them because they were doing sudoku the whole time (laughs) and one of them because she was a buddhist or they were a buddhist i actually don't know their gender um that they were a buddhist and that they couldn't send somebody to jail they didn't feel good about that got it so when somebody goes to trial it is often a hard decision about whether or not they're going to put that person on the stand to defend themselves because if you go on the stand for the defense that means the prosecution has the right to cross-examine mm-hmm. but if you choose not to go on the stand then you'll never be on 
the stand. So right. basically, you need to think that you're going to be so convincing. Yeah, you're going to do you more good than harm. Yeah, yeah. cross examination. So Liz did go on the stand, and overall, she did pretty well. She said that what she said to people was what the scientists said to her, mm-hmm. which is a little difficult to prove exactly what they said to her, especially anecdotally. They did mention Ian Gibbons' emails, the employee that had committed suicide, mm. but unfortunately, they couldn't bring up the suicide, so it was not as effective in the cross-examination, like it would have been prejudicial, so that is tough. They brought up the logo, and she said that she added those logos. She eventually was worn down in admitting that she did add the logos, Yeah. Yeah. but that she was doing it because they were working in partnership and she tried to downplay it. Like they brought it up in court in a certain way to like admit it so that it wasn't going to be this gotcha moment. Like uh-huh. sometimes people try to introduce things themselves to kind of be like, yeah, we already admitted that. Why are you talking about it so uh-huh. much? So she did admit that. I think that was her demise. She said that the null protocol was to simply demonstrate that the touch screen worked. <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. She said that Belwani, Sonny Belwani was the one who made the financial uh, projections, that she didn't have anything to do with that. She said that she showed documents with the military, uh, shared documents with the military just to get the messaging across that they were working with the military. Like, she's mm-hmm. just trying to cover up all of this. Um on the fourth day of her testimony, she does talk about her sexual assault her sophomore year of college and that she dated Sonny Bilwani shortly after. She had very sudden tears on the stand, kind of out of nowhere. And she said that Sonny became abusive, that he told her how to behave, and that he would force sex on her. So I I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that at that. That is what she said. I... I don't want to stipulate the worst and say that she made it up. Maybe this did happen. It is complicated. Even if he was abusive, if he did assault her, I still think that she knowingly hurt people. Yeah. So I just don't really understand the relevance in this trial, I guess, because he also came into the company three years after it existed and he left before it fully fell apart. So it's hard for me to understand how you could pin it all on him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should be separately tried for assaulting her let's fine let's do that like right i don't i am in no way denying that this happened i just i'm i'm a little skeptical about what it has to do with her blatantly lying to people about their medical situation so yeah that's that that's that's all we'll say about that and she said that he had put a spell over her and that spell ended when the cms inspection failed so that was that group that's associated with medicaid right who came in and failed the lab that's when they had to shut down the first lab and then the second lab and then the whole thing started unraveling from there right yes yeah but she also said that he hadn't controlled her actions at theranos so it's also like well then why are we talking about this right because this is a trial about theranos yeah yeah. so you're just trying to garner sympathy from the jury and if you want to prosecute him for the the assault let's do that but sure i just i don't know yeah because she also she wanted the like the glory of the company but then also wanted the scapegoat of being like sunny you know made controlled everything i did but not at the company so yeah so she was somewhat more sympathetic when she was on the stand with the defense but she kind of lost any sympathy 
sympathy that she had garnered because once she was cross-examined, the prosecutor, to the prosecutor, she denied threatening Erica Chung. She denied sending any kind of retaliation towards Tyler. And she denied emailing Rupert Murdoch to try to stop the Wall Street Journal story because he owned the newspaper. Oh, right. And he based, she basically just became combative and defensive. So not super helpful in her own defense. She kept saying that she couldn't remember things. And she even said that about the Pfizer logo. She was like, I couldn't remember if they gave us permission. But then she finally admitted to doctoring the report. And one of the reports that was sent to Walgreens with a different drug maker, she had added the logo of this drug maker and also deliberately deleted parts of the report. So she's just full on doctoring stuff. She admitted on the stand to sending the fortune article to investors, knowing that it was misleading. The first article where she was on the cover, they uncovered an email from her brother describing about how they were going to deceive the investors. I mentioned that before, how they Mm. were only going to give them finger stick tests. She denied trying to discredit Ian Gibbons and make him look bad, which kind of just made her look bad. Like Mm. nothing around Ian Gibbons is going to make her look good at all. And in the closing arguments, the prosecutor said something that I really appreciate where he said, you know, sure, even if she had made mistakes, she made mistakes, but she chose twice, two times in 2000, I believe 13 and 16, the company almost failed. And instead of failing, she chose to defraud people. Right. And that's really, I think, sums up all of it. Like if she in 2013 had been like, this product doesn't really work. We're yeah, not. We tried. We tried. It just didn't end up becoming a thing. We got to move on. Yeah. yeah. So January 3rd, 2022, the verdict finally came back. The jury negotiated for several days and it started before Christmas and then they took off for the holidays and then they took off for the first. So they it kind of was a drink, lengthy thing, but I think they only um, deliberated for six days and they came back with a partial verdict. They could not agree on three of the 11 counts. They went back to the court. The judge um, read them something called the Allen rule that is basically just encouraging them to try harder Mm. to figure it out. And they just could not. So three of her counts, they just never agreed on. And everybody was more willing to have a partial verdict than retry the whole case, basically. So she was found guilty of defrauding three of the six investors, which led to a combined $144 million. She was acquitted on three of the four patient counts, and the rest of it was not unanimous. So there was 10 months between the sentencing or between the trial and the sentencing. And I don't know how much you know about court, but the sentencing trial is almost like a second thing where Mm. that this is the time where you're allowed to introduce things that are less, um, not less factual, but less like evidence based. Like you can have a character witness. You can have, you know, to just kind of say, sure, we've, we've determined that these crimes were committed, but now we're discussing how they should be punished. Let's talk about leniency. Exactly. of that kind of stuff. So she, at this point, she is pregnant again, which again, some people cynically were like, and this time, I mean, <laughs> you can have leniency with the first pregnancy in my mind yeah. and pretend that you didn't think you were going to jail. I don't know what she was thinking with the second pregnancy because no matter what, she's spending some time in jail. Right. And so... How much time was between when she was charged with the crime? 10 months. And oh, the charged senten- with the crime? Like, found when, guilty? Found guilty. When it was found guilty and then like how long between the found guilty and the sentencing hearing? 10 months. So like... She chose to be pregnant. Yeah, she chose yeah. to be pregnant 
after yeah in between when she knew she could go to jail for up to 20 years right so that to me is yeah, that's, less that's not great <laughs> i give her less the benefit of the doubt on that one because yeah uh what you doing girl so they go to the sentencing trial they have a hundred and forty letters from friends and family being like she shouldn't go to jail like 140 letters Oof. and at this moment in her life she is volunteering long shifts with survivors of sexual assault which i think that's lovely i think that's great but the the prosecutors pointed out that throughout the trial she really did not have much remorse and even in this sentencing trial she was acting like a victim like mm-hmm. she's not acting like a person who feels bad and, and understands that they did something wrong and need to like yes. pay for that in some way. And I still feel this way and we'll kind of talk about it at the end, but I think that the biggest fault I find with her is that she completely disregards that this has to do with people's health. And I think she talks about her failed company like everyone talks about every other tech startup. Right. But she went into biotech. Like she yeah. went into the medical field and I feel like she acts like oh whoops it's all the same yeah a failed car app is the same as a phone app is right. the same as a medical app and it's like, like no, no it's you did really real not. harm yeah. you did real harm you did it without regarding anyone's safety and you're trying to pretend like you just invented angry birds and then people started playing a different game and yeah, that's right. not what happened <sighs> So the judge, at one moment before she was sentenced, he reduced the amount of loss monetarily. So the judge, before the sentencing, people thought he might be lenient because he reduced the amount she was culpable for as far as loss goes from $800 million to $121 million. Oh. So people thought maybe he was going to be lenient. That was not really the case. But Tyler's dad actually gave a victim statement. Tyler Schultz's dad was the son of George Schultz. And you'll remember that George was a very invested person and denied Tyler's worries that, you know, the trial or that the company was committing fraud. So he took the stand and he was just a biology teacher. He wasn't a fancy mm-hmm. guy, whatever. But he gave a victim statement and he said that if Sonny was the person that was influencing Liz and being cruel to her and abusing her, that Elizabeth was their Sonny and that Elizabeth abused her his family oh, and yeah. was the person and manipulating them and controlling them and this apparently made liz sob at the witness stand or at the table but again she's not realizing her guilt in this because her response to this was i tried to realize my dream too quickly and did too many things at the same time mm. which again is like oh yeah no i i, I missed some punctuation in that email because i was also I was just so on focused Instagram. on dreams like it's just like that's not a thing yeah you are just not that no i'm right. sorry no like this is not a multi-level marketing scheme and there's uh, no no point it's like oh i'm sorry even even saying something like i'm sorry that you felt that way like it's not that she was just like well i was trying to do something really big so therefore it's okay yeah it's just crazy so she was sentenced to 135 months in prison which is 11 years and three months sunny's trial followed quickly after he had a four-month trial he was convicted of 12 out of 12 counts so his jury was able to agree on all 12 and he was sentenced to 12 years and 11 months yeah Sonny, you know however much he was uh in charge of the way theranos is he's much less sympathetic he's just kind of yes an asshole so not surprised that he uh 
he got 12 out of 12 on that one. They've both had their sentences slightly reduced, I think about two years. She has had her sentence recently reduced by two years. You're unable to know why, but most people said that people are able to reduce their sentence by good behavior. So that's probably what it is. Although she has been in jail for less than six months. Mm. So I don't know what amazing behavior yeah. she did. Just giving everybody foot rubs. Yeah. So the prison... Maybe she's promising to test all of the all of their blood. You know, she brought one of the Edisons with her. I'm sure that's what it is. And the two of them are required to pay $452 million in restitution. Got it. So it is unlikely that it will ever all be paid off. He is being asked to pay $1,000 a month towards this. And she is supposed to be paying $250 a month or 10% of her income once she is released from prison. Mm. She's claiming financial hardship to pay the $250 even, which to me is, is crazy because sure, prison, you're not able to make much money. I think they make $1.16 an hour at this prison. So I get, but again, it's all coming back to the fact that like in the, in the time between her being sentenced and even going to prison, cause that was delayed as well. Uh-huh. She is being interviewed like this article that we're going to talk about in a minute. You have, every day this, this journalist meets with her a bunch and they go to the zoo and they go to the beach and it's like, she's driving a Tesla and she's staying in this nine room home. And it's like, mm-hmm. first of all, there's money somewhere that yeah, you pay $250. Dollars. Yeah. And second of all, no matter what financial hardship you're claiming, you've never had a real job. Like right. you're not like you're not a regular person because if you were a regular person demanding to pay these restitutions, you'd have to go get a fucking job yeah. and like go be a lunch lady. Like it's not you're not actually experiencing that level of hardship. Like mm-hmm. you have designer clothes, your kids have all these like, you know, they made comment when she was in the trial that she had like the fanciest breast pump that exists. It's like you're not hurting. And even if her husband is paying for all of this, the family has this money and it's so interesting that she can't even pay 250 like i don't know if she's just trying to deny ever paying any of it but it's like what are you talking about yeah it's still nuts and also like she had to pay back a certain amount of money but she made a lot of money at theranos that a lot of it she still has you know it's like well no not really because uh she owned it mostly on paper oh right because of the stock and the stock and they actually they did repossess a lot of her items Mm. and apparently billy proposed to her with his ring from mit and family friends would be like well it was his signet ring and he really loved it so it really means something but cynics have been like well it was a shrewd move because it cannot be repossessed because ah. if he had bought her a fancy diamond they that would could not have been, yeah that could have been taken yeah so just a couple little things that i found interesting in the end of this research she also got a dog named balto towards the end of the company existing okay and she told people that it was a wolf because apparently some huskies have a little bit of wolf in them but sure. she decided her dog was a wolf and she named him balto and balto was a name of a dog that had been credited with saving a small town in alaska from a diphtheria outbreak like from doing this like 500 mile uh sled dog ride to yeah. carry this medicine to them i feel like this is a animated movie it is it is, is it is a true story, a true story um yeah. but i just think it's funny that she named her dog balto because apparently a dog named togo did the bulk of the running 261 miles and balto just did the final 55 mm. and then took all the credit and i don't know how a dog maliciously takes credit obviously the owner right, had something right. to do with it and later the media said that balto just had a more fun name so they chose him great but i just think it's funny that that is the name that she chose to do this 
And again, she can't feel that bad about any of this because within months of this company being closed, she meets Billy at a house party. So she's saying that when this company exists, that she doesn't have friends, that she doesn't date, that she's not doing anything. Uh, she's only trying to strive and work and help people. But this company is is going down and she is at house parties and she meets Billy. They go to Burning Man. While they're at Burning Man, they are closing up the lab. Like other people oh, are closing man. up this company. So she's not even there to see the last boxes of well, like, she had do to you want burn these that effigy of Theranos, Emily. This she is a very did. important she part did. of the closing down process. Exactly. So she does that and then they live Every in Every a- single one of my companies that have gone under. I have to go straight I, to I Burning go Man. Straight to Burning Man. Straight to Burning Man. She and then after Burning Man, they lived in an RV for six months and like traveled the country. And I still think she is trying to be sympathetic in that. And the way it's phrased in this last New York Times article, the New York Times article came out in May 23rd of this year. Check it out if you want to. It's it's called something like Elizabeth wants you to forget about or Lizzie wants you to forget about Elizabeth. And it's like, all yeah. right. But she talks about this RV time. Like this is her like every man time. Yeah. And I'm like, it is still incredibly privileged to be able to take an RV around the country for six months uh-huh. and do yoga and like casually hang out. Like I understand why it might have been helpful for you is for your mental health. And I think everyone should have that chance. But most people can't afford to take right. six months off from a job and travel around in an RV. So yeah. don't say I do that. feel like she's been, you know, trying to rebrand herself as like a everyman kind of person, but in the bougiest way possible. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> and the article mentions, you know, she has a Tesla. She named her daughter Invicta, which is Latin for invincible. Mm. She does admit now in this article that she invented the persona of Elizabeth and the voice and the uh-huh. she gets that it's a persona, but she still kind of phrases it like it's our fault for believing it. And she also still stands by the fact that she deferred to Sonny and that Sonny was in charge. I was just thinking that she was like, oh yeah, no, I was just doing a long for long form improv. Just a really, <laughs> just a really stretch my really, artistic muscles. You know, trying out, I put on this character and it's not my fault that you believed it. Exactly. She also, in between the time that she was found guilty and when she was sentenced, she bought a one-way ticket to Mexico and a lot of people thought she was going to try to escape. Uh-huh. She said it was for a wedding because she thought she'd be acquitted, but who buys a one-way ticket for a wedding? Yeah. And also, vibe, again, even if that's what the case was, she really thought she wasn't going to jail. Yeah. She really, really thought she wasn't going to jail. Also, fun fact, the PR firm that Theranos hired when they started to look bad is the same PR th- firm that the AMPTP, the negotiating body nice. that uh, represents the TV and film streaming companies, has hired. So that firm is only hired by disasters <laughs> and doesn't seem to be very good at their jobs. Also, this is kind of unrelated, but I just want to mention it before we do our final wrap up. The Republican candidate for president, Vivek Ramaswamy, he is being called the dime store Elizabeth Holmes and being <laughs> okay. compared to Elizabeth Holmes a lot. I We might have to do an episode on him separately, but basically in 2016, he bought an Alzheimer's drug that had failed clinical trials four times, rebranded it, tried to sell it. It failed again. And then he and his family dumped out like two 
$200 million of stock. So he deceived investors and still got away with it and mm. like made money. So I just think it's fun that he's being compared to her, but apparently he's also a shit burger who is taking advantage of the medical community. Awesome. I love how expensive medicine in America is. And I love that a lot of it is because of all of these assholes. Yeah, but don't worry because she's already taken two years off her sentence. Recent articles really have also good behavior, been like, Emily. she cried when her family left. And it's like, of course she did. Yeah. It is sad to go to prison. Yeah. Why am I supposed to feel bad? I feel really bad for her kids. I yeah. feel terrible for her kids. It is really horrible that they have to grow up without their mother. But it's kind of her decision that they are growing up without her. Yeah. Because she had them knowing she could go to prison for 20 years. Right. Now her sentence is down to nine. Who knows what she'll actually serve. She's probably eligible for parole before that. I don't really know. It's such a complicated story. And I, I do love having like two beers and talking about how insane she is. Yeah. But it's also like in re-researching this and in doing this for the podcast and not just for my own entertainment, it has really just made me like think about so many elements of this as like women as business owners and how she hurt other women by being an insane person. Right. Establishing this reputation so large that that now it's a rock that they have to carry on their shoulders. But I also don't even want to blame her. I want to blame the world because we let men fail every day and no one compares them to anybody else. But she is insane. I do think that she very knowingly committed crimes. I do think she should be in prison. And I also think she probably was, you know, not treated greatly by Sonny and was assaulted in college. I think that those things can all exist at the same time, unfortunately, and do exist at the same time. And I think, I hope that she's finding, like, she's volunteering for sexual assault victims, but I hope that she's going to therapy herself. I hope that she doesn't think that she's, like, above the need for that and that by helping other people, she's curing her own issues. And I hope that, you know, maybe someday she might pursue charges against people if that feels like what she wants to do or that she can help other people pursue charges against people that have assaulted them but at the end of the day it is about her trying to create this company and she just should have started any other company yeah anything else and we would not be talking about her still or she would have been successful or like she would have either burnt out and we wouldn't have talked about her or you know we'd be talking about her in a very different light it's like the guys who created WeWork were not great people but they didn't hurt anybody Mm -hmm. they just took a lot of money from people that had a lot of money and it's just like why couldn't you have you invented like a new type of post-it Elizabeth like I don't know or even just like seamless for prescription drugs or something like that you know so many things uh, yeah something that if, if she wanted to be in the medical field sure but there are other ways that she could have done it that weren't directly harmful. And then on top of that, again, just start with a big box and work your way down just to the small a big box. box what is wrong with you? Just if you want to make something small, if you want to invent something small, if that is your dream in life, yeah. make a big version first. <laughs> make a big box. And Computer then used to take it. up a whole room and now it fits in her pocket. Oh, one more anecdote for okay. the road for because the road. <laughs> I've been researching these people forever. So when they were doing the Ebola stuff and we we talked oh, about yeah. that last week, how she tried to capitalize on this horrible, you know, rise of Ebola cases and how they were going to try to come up with this test. They basically were telling people that they could perform a test with a finger stick that allowed for knowing that someone had Ebola before symptoms were present, which is scientifically impossible. And if you want to hear more about the science part of it, do listen to Bad Blood, the final chapter. But they were talking about the labs and several of the people who worked in both the clinical lab and the R&D lab, the research 
Animation Development Lab who had come from other labs who were were professional adults, not like Erica and, and Tyler where it was their first job, but they had come from other labs. They all said how unprofessional and how poorly these labs were run. Mm-hmm. But specifically when they were doing Ebola, if you're researching Ebola, you're supposed to be wearing HVAC suits and have like those fancy doors where it closes and opens. Like yeah, yeah. you're supposed to be treating this material as the hazard that it is. Like, right. And that's the thing is they were not set up to do that but they still did work on Ebola but then so they were working on Ebola but because the machines would overheat and because the nanotainers would get lost in the machines and because things would break they had the lid of a Edison off the top of it so the lid was gone and the back of the device had an exhaust fan on it because the device overheated, oh, even no. though it shouldn't have it aerosolizing a fan. Ebola. It was up against a vent. No. <laughs> so it did. Oh God. It aerosolized Ebola DNA basically, yeah. and then Sunny refused to have the company that cleans it up come in for a month. <laughs> for a month he was like we cannot stop working we need to have this ready to go we need to get ready for these contracts that did not exist by the way they said they had these contracts waiting they had nothing waiting they were busy whipping up that program that meant that was just fake testing program exactly so this took a full month and then it finally was cleaned up but they still couldn't get all of it because it was on every single surface and this woman that's on interviewed on bad blood was saying that she had to go back and forth between one lab to the next and every time she left they'd have to completely clean her off completely clean all the samples off like just because he would not pay for this cleanup and she knew the dangers of not cleaning it up right so yeah it's wow this is a never-ending pile of insanity like i i could keep talking about this there are more anecdotes to tell you about how insane everything was but basically to wrap it up they never had any product that really worked i think they had fda clearance on one finger stick test for one disease they effectively tested for syphilis kind of and it was just never going to work but there were a lot of scientists that did tirelessly work to try to make a real thing and there were a lot of investors that got caught up in how fun it would be if this did work right and how cool an idea this could be and maybe they thought they were helping women i don't know it's all crazy i don't feel bad for betsy devos no i don't feel bad for the waltons no i do feel bad for the people who got the wrong diagnosis yeah and i feel bad for like her family friends who at the beginning gave her like ten thousand dollars and never saw that back you know like i i don't know i feel like i'm not being funny today but i'm just i can't (laughs) i'm just i'm just feeling a lot of feelings about this and uh yeah i don't know if you if you want to you should watch the dropout on hulu you should read the book you should listen to the other podcasts it's all fascinating it's all interesting and i really like i don't know if i mentioned this before but erica chung is now started a company about responsible entrepreneurship so i really like that that exists yeah so maybe research that check her out but next week we'll talk about something else i don't know (laughs) um oh did you want to talk about alan beam oh so alan beam the one thing i did want to mention and it's kind of confusing in everything i read so is it actually is he actually anthony fauci is that what you're gonna reveal (laughs) yes that would be amazing So like I told you guys before last week, Alan Beam was actually a pseudonym. Um, The actual lab director's name was Adam Rosendorf. So the thing that's confusing, and if this is something that interests you, I suggest you look it up and read about it yourself because I don't want to speak to this super factually because I read it a few different 
different places, but I just was still confused by it. Basically, after the trial and the sentencing, Billy Evans, her boyfriend, said that Adam Rosendorf went to him and tearfully said that he thought his testimony made it seem worse than it actually was. Hmm. And so they wanted a retrial because he was very upset. But then the court did have him testify again. And he was like, no, I was just upset. Everything I told you was factually accurate. Uh So then her sentencing stood. So So they they got him back up on the stand basically for him to be like, uh, no, everything I said was right. Basically. And I I believe that it was. I'm sure he was just like, because he was probably invested in the success of this company at one point. And he was probably just like emotionally over overwhelmed by seeing her like breastfeeding her baby in the courtroom and being like should we send her to prison i don't know but he when he was brought back to the stand was like no everything i said was true like all the facts are still facts yeah i just i just feel bad about it i'm just emotionally yeah having a hard time so that was kind of a weird anecdote and uh yeah anytime i meant i mentioned alan beam before just know that that was actually adam rosendorf for whatever that means to you (laughs) not not anthony fauci just to be clear no and i wonder what happened to all the doctored like actual blood machines like the siemens machines that they oh yeah and to like the 20 million cartridges sunny bought really early yeah, i mean they, they were probably need. all like you know uh biohazards because they weren't very good at cleaning their machines That's and they were true. all like leaking blood everywhere god willing they were destroyed because there was blood every anytime you talk to like somebody about their firsthand account of working in the labs they were yeah. like first of all there was blood everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> like this woman who told the story about the ebola she was saying that when she was hired they were never cleaning anything and they were like random blood streaks everywhere and she was like okay uh first things first we're gonna clean and they're like but then we'll lose a day of work and she's like we're gonna clean (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna bleach the lab you psychopaths i bet they sent all the machines to burning man that's probably where they were i honestly hope they did yeah i just like they did oh that burning man structure was made out of biotech machines well, it this just, year yeah it just made me think of like when sometimes like when a company forecloses there's an auction on all their like desk chairs mm-hmm. i'm like are there a bunch of edisons like sitting somewhere <laughs> like what happened to those yeah but maybe they went back to glue distribution you maybe know? if i ever find out i'll i'll keep you guys posted yeah um i'm really interested to see what happens when she gets out of jail because yeah. all of these people that, that go to jail, once they get out, they just keep doing the same thing that they were doing before. Yes. You know, like and Billy her back sentence out. encompasses the 10 years that she's not allowed to run a company. Oh, so she could yeah. literally, if she wanted to, emerge from prison and be like, I invented another blood machine. <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope that she doesn't. I hope that her husband's wealth keeps her away from us. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh you know sometimes it's 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 best to fade away yeah and they have the money too but yeah that is that is the story of elizabeth holmes and theranos and sunny bilwani and girl bossing too close to the sun way too close to the sun so if you enjoyed that please tell a friend please tell us i love everyone who listens to this podcast and people reach out in very sweet ways and tell us they enjoyed it but what is the most helpful is if you guys leave us a review on uh, apple podcasts or tell somebody or repost any of our posts or engage with us on social media unfortunately we live in a world where that is the only currency that matters and uh we would just love more people to find the show because we really like doing it for you guys so if you could uh review post subscribe etc that would be amazing i'm sure you keep telling yourself every week oh i'm gonna do it next week what have you did it this week (laughs) yeah just tell some friends get them in get them in let's get get a couple more ears uh to this podcast because heads i don't know what are we gonna call Uh, yeah i don't know yeet 
Yeet balls? No, I no, don't like that. I hate don't that. Like that. <laughs> don't like that at all. We probably, uh, I'll, I'll think of it in, the, in the off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, yeah. get back to you. The off season. There's no off season. We're back next week. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but we'll be back. It's going to be my turn. Your turn. Exciting. I guess. It is exciting. I'm just kidding. It's so exciting. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you come back next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and a big thanks to Carsey Bland for the theme music. You can follow the podcast everywhere at Yeet the Rich Pod. You can email us your suggestions for future episodes at yeettherichpod at gmail. You can follow me at the Funny Walsh, and you can follow Danny at dmoss315. See you next week. <laughs>